0: Was offenders, criminals, and miscreants too. the bloody podcast hosted by two evil women, Maria Felix Oviedo and Laurie Roggenkamp, with resident guest and another sinner, Gosh.
1: Ah, so thank you, announcer.
0: Hey. Oh, thank you. This is Papa Lingba. Yes, that's the. <laughs> <laughs> that one yeah. came out stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say thank you, Papa Legba, <laughs> <laughs> Or he has reduced Papa Legba to announcer. Oh, sorry. So, so. <laughs> what <Well, laughs> I, I did that's was okay. a good idea. That's okay. He is you know. he, he's, he's our announcer. He announced the yeah. show. Yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're gonna pick up. Obviously, where we left off from part one. I mean, but (laughs) I don't know. So we're going to pick up a little further past where we stopped.
1: Let's uh, you know what? We're going to pick up with a completely different story. Let's talk about Alan V. Farrow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's for cinema, which if you haven't listened to, uh, check it out because it gets pretty, uh, pretty heated in cinema.
0: Yeah, uh, you're, never, pl- you're never going to believe what we think about Alan versus Pharaoh.
2: <laughs>
0: we love Woody.
2: I would like to say, if we're, this is making it out to the main episode, that I do regret some of the things I said in the last episode. And now that I've seen the finale, I'm going to go ahead and apologize for them When the next time we do yeah, cinema.
0: I, I thought about that, too, as we watched the last one. I was like, we have some things to apologize what,
1: for. Pass judgment guys, too quickly. What did you guys say? I, don't even I tell know, you what, no, 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 we're why don't you
0: guys in. all tune into cinema and then you'll find out.
1: Oh, OK. <laughs> <Me> too, <laughs> all right. I'll tune in. I guess I should <laughs> become a Patreon supporter. OK. he <laughs> should. It's a good idea. <laughs> I, I never have anything I need to
2: apologize for. So like we were talking about last time, Marie Laveau was, didn't appear a lot. In, she wasn't painted or photographed at all. She didn't appear a lot in the newspapers in her lifetime. Most newspaper reports about her came after her death, oh. when the nation, yeah, when the nation began sens- sensationalizing her, and even more, and and spreading even more lies about the voodoo practice. One example published by a newspaper called City Item. In 1924, 1924, and she died in 1881. So this is quite a while later. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Claimed that, quote, her mother and grandmother had been voodoo queens, having held their orgies at Congo Square, end quote. So, yeah. So, like, every time they could (laughs) squeeze in the word orgies... Oh. They would, I feel like they would do that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> what?
0: No, I didn't know She said orgies I was like, what? <laughs>
2: yeah. So the, like all these like white newspaper reporters, and even honestly, some of the time, some of the, um, the black newspapers and, and circulations that were happening over like in the north mm-hmm. so would sensationalize things about voodoo because they feared it, obviously, so everything would be associated with like wild sex and the devil and sin. Oh, That's like yeah. what they would equate every ritual and ceremony and altar to in one way or another.
0: They'd say orgies to get you in the door. Yeah. But then once you're in there, they're like, by the way, the devil's going to be the one who's fucking all of us. And then they're like, oh, uh, man. I thought it was the other way around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I'm here, so I'll still do it. But no, yeah, be disappointed.
2: yeah. Have at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and in reality, uh, oh, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say it's always creepy to me when super religious people talk about what they deem to be sinister, because you know it's what they <laughs> secretly want.
2: Totally, you know? totally, it's, yeah. So
1: it's always like, like whenever like a guy talks about like gay men, he's always like these buff, hairy chested gay men who are rubbing their bodies together, and it's always like, okay, like what? What is your like? Ugh, okay. So you yeah. obviously are into to oh. bears, then. That's your yeah. thing.
0: Did you ever notice how gays love nipple play? Huh? Have you guys noticed that? Oh.
1: <laughs> it's my, ch- da, my chest itches. Yeah. It's outright <laughs> sinful. Meanwhile, you just see the nipple <laughs> popping out of their shirt. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
2: Right out of their little polos, just like sticking right up. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. There's a little blood blood drip that comes out <laughs> from the night before <laughs> so yeah it was very typical of every uh author and reporter at the time to associate associate any displays of voodoo with lower intelligence they always associated it with like crime and people people who were committed of of terrible things they would like blame voodoo for it um
1: i wonder why
2: so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> People don't do that today, so I don't understand. No, no. That's- <laughs> so uh, in regards to Congo Square, where that, that quote from that reporter said that her mother and grandmother were seen, um, it was likely that Marie was seen there a lot because her mother would have worked there as a merchant uh, since the it was like in, Congo Square was like an open marketplace area. Her mom, being a merchant, would have gone there and probably her grandmother, too. And the landmark itself was only a block away from Marie Lobo's cottage. So, yeah, she was going to go there. And there are accounts that, in addition to being an open marketplace, like people were like it was like it was like if you go to an open marketplace often, you know that they have events. There, they have, like, dances and singing and stuff like that, and even religious rituals. So there are reports of people dancing there, which, in my opinion, is what the white reporters were considering the orgy, because they've never seen moves so fresh. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I just imagine them going to, like, that scene in Dirty Dancing, where... She goes, baby goes down to the, where all the employees are dancing. And she's just like, it's a bunch of fucking.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh God. You, are, <laughs> you don't know what sex
1: is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I wish they were in New York to see like on the subways when the, when the kids come on and start breakdancing and stuff. And they're yeah. just like, oh, sex. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: Excuse
2: try- me. We're just trying to get through college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have uh, two quick accounts of seeing Marie Laveau at Congo Square. I want to um, preface this by saying that these are our versions of ourselves in eighteen hundreds, New Orleans, not anybody else's. Okay, the first one said Man, she can walk into the Congo Square with her hair up in the air like a queen. She
0: got a skirt and the scripting and the She walking in and everybody don't step back to the side and let her pass. All the people that are white and colored, they say, Well, she the most powerful woman there. They say that they ain't go
2: to like Maria level. <laughs> 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 and the second interview, he stated,
1: Sometimes them policemen tried to keep Marie Laveau out, but she just hypnotized them and walked in. She could do that to anybody who got in her way. I've seen her make police dogs and... Uh, sorry. I've seen her make police kids down and bark like dogs. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Back to the wailing wall. <laughs> That's great.
2: But again, these are all oral accounts. So it's hard to tell what was real, what was completely legend. Like even in Marie, even when Marie Laveau was alive, she was a living legend. So, you know, you never know what's true and what isn't. Mm. And yeah. um, a lot of the misconceptions about Marie Laveau came, that were like popularized for everybody, came through... This one author called Robert Talent, who was alive at the time when there were still plenty of people who knew Marie Laveau, you know, beyond her death, were still alive. But he, instead of writing facts, he wrote like hybrid fiction fact novels about uh, Marie Laveau. Yeah. And so these are what got popular about her. So he just, he made up his own stuff, you know, like he, he would say that he was there and he saw her, like, do, like, black cat, like, sacrifice rituals and stuff like that. So he's kind of full of shit. And it's hard to tell, like, what is real. Yeah. And what is what is just his um, imagination.
1: Well, that's tough. He's because, a liar. Yeah. that's. <laughs> but that's also tough because it's like, you know, back then, it's like that kind of stuff moved the needle, you know? If he was just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, Marie Laveau was like, she like. Went out of her house a couple of times a month and, like, you know, helped people in the community. People are like, okay,
2: you know. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's still a writer and a writer. I mean, yeah. a writer needs to fucking eat. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just like the problem became that they were his books were used as primary sources of information by scholars and stuff Oh, okay. over the years. So they kind of just disregarded that it was half fiction. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, some of it's true, so
1: yeah, we'll just
2: we'll just guess." And I mean, honestly, though, it's only added to her legend, mm-hmm. so it's not a bad thing. Oh,
0: that's got to be fun for him. Yeah. yeah, move some units.
2: What
0: I said? That's got to be fun for him. Move some units.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sign some books. Yeah, take a tour. <laughs> uh, so after taking over as voodoo queen. Marie also began hosting celebrations on the St. John's Eve on St. John's Eve and St. John's Night. The holiday falls on June twenty third and corresponds with the summer solstice and in Catholicism the celebration of the birth of St. John the Baptist. It is said that Marie held a great feast along the banks of Lake, of Lake Pochautron, where she invited anyone and everyone to come. People of all kinds came and took part in the blending of the two religions. basically, what that meant is that like white people came. It wasn't just black people and free people of color that came that oh. white people would often come to her celebration too, which was a big deal back then because mm-hmm. you know they're not mixing they're not trying yeah. to do that
1: but it was in secret right It wasn't like
2: was not in secret it, it was wasn't. that was what that was what made it such a big deal because At the time, um, at the time, there were laws in place to forbid people of color and black people to um, come together in a gathering. They couldn't even do that. And that was in order that was in order to, like, discourage their practices. Hmm. Right. So the fact that she did this out in the open, she did it under the guise of, you know, this, like, uh, Catholic holiday. But not really under a guise. You know, like they, everybody knew that it was two things. It wasn't just a cell, a feast for St. John the Baptist. It was, it was more than that because hmm. Marie Laveau was there. But she still, she like, she just did it out in the open. And that's kind of, that's why I bring this up because it, it, it um, attests to her influence and her power at the time. You know, there were people that, that like, had rumors that, like, oh, like, at the front of, like, the lake, they, like, did this big feast and stuff. But, like, deeper into the swamp and at different times of day is when they did the, the like, hardcore voodoo rituals, as they would call them. Um, but who knows? Like, those are just rumors. Yeah. And maybe they did. but maybe they didn't. Maybe, hmm. like, still, either way, it's like she's fucking balling being able to do this out in the open and no one's bothering her about it.
0: Yeah, and Man. In fact, the they're
2: celebrating with her. Man, Marie Laveau
0: got the whole community coming together. You got the white people coming down from the hill. They got the black people coming out from the garden. When
2: they come back, somebody can put them together. They're having like a salt and pepper and
3: <laughs>
2: For every version of a story that someone says about Marie, there's at least one other version. So one example of this is in an 1850s news article it detailed how police had raided a gathering on August 10th and, like they always did, confiscated a bunch of items. At this time, they confiscated some pretty important religious items.
0: Oh, man, that sucks.
2: One of the items was a sacred statue with powers, known in voodoo as a fetish. And this one was a fetish of the goddess Mami Wata. The story claims that after a few days of a bunch of people showing up to the courthouse to argue to get the statue back, the cop that confiscated it in the first place, I don't know how the hell law worked back then, but the cop decided that he was going to sell it to the first person to pay him
0: $8.50. Law kind of works the same way now.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: why are they showing up to like the courthouse to argue about it, and then the cop's just like, you know what i guess you're right i guess you're right
0: yeah he's
3: just
2: gonna go into the evidence slot here and take it
0: yeah i guess so it's weird it's almost like that king solomon story of like well whoever wants the baby most you know yeah but but not way not really. more feet not really i guess not really because he's selling money.
2: it yeah he's like whoever has eight dollars and fifty cents first they're like, <laughs> why not nine yeah well, he's like, he, I just, yeah. He
1: didn't think he could get $9. That's why. Yeah. That was the most I could get for this item. I know, $8.50.
2: It's like the price is right. He <laughs> was hoping to underbid, but be close. Yeah. <laughs> if he's over, he's not going to get it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Marie, Marie Laveau offers $8.50, but then somebody else offers $8.51. And it's like, oh, okay. damn it. They're just being it.
0: Yeah. Asshole. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's how much it costs to like hold up in a hotel. With some good food for a week. He just didn't have any foresight. He's just like, hey, all right, eight fifty—that's all I need. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, he got it. One version of the story then claims that Marie's daughter showed up and bought the fetish and returned it to her mother immediately, and everything was fine. Hmm. Oh. another version says that another mm-hmm. voodoo practitioner named Rosalie had somehow acquired the statue, and. Because of that, because the statue was a, like a direct item from Africa, it helped in making Rosalie's powers grow exponentially. And she planned to overthrow Marie as the voodoo queen. Ooh. hmm This bitch. You better watch yourself. <laughs> so Marie, Marie caught wind that Rosalie had her statue. So she basically walked over to Rosalie's house when Rosalie wasn't home and took the statue. Then (laughs) Rosalie took Marie to court. But whenever Marie was involved in the court case, because she was often asked for help with them, um, she won. So in this case, in court, Marie, wearing a shawl that she said was gifted to her by the emperor of China, convinced the judge that she was the rightful owner of the statue in the first place, simply based on who she was she wow. won. Good for her. And she kept the fetish. Get your shit.
1: <laughs> I mean, I would love to see a judge duty of that like.
2: <laughs> all right, all right.
1: So what am I here what am I seeing here? What am I seeing here?
2: It is my statue. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: all right. You seem I you know what? I don't believe you, but I believe you.
2: Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, look at me. Look at who I am. Obviously, it's my sta- Like, she wouldn't have the statue. One second. She's, One trash. Second. She's trash. One second. She's trash, Your One Honor. Second. Your I- Honor. I
0: I am not trash. She
2: is trash. T R A S H uh, trash. trash. It, I hey.
0: don't think that's how you spell trash.
2: That is exactly how you spell trash. And hey, you would hey, know. Hey, this is Judge Judy's courtroom. Yeah. This is Judge Judy's <laughs> courtroom.
1: You do There's not This is
0: a harsh talk. courtroom.
2: You
1: do not talk when I okay, you know what? I'm throwing you out. I'm giving it to my.: Yeah. What? I've had it.
2: I've had it. I mean yes. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know who we were. So like I was saying. Uh, Marie, whenever Marie took on a court case, she would usually win. Um, But she was also known for visiting prisoners on death row in her local prison. She would pray with them to find peace in the afterlife. Um, And in many cases, if she believed the prisoner to be innocent, she would use her power and influence to try to save them from death. Um, Maria, or sorry, Marie would work as a prison chaplain and would build entire altars at the prison. One newspaper article described one of the altars that she built over and prayed at over the course of three days. It said, "A box of about three feet above this are three pyramidal boxes rising to a small apex, on which is, a placed, on which is placed a small figure of the Virgin." The entire altar is draped in white. On each end of the shelving is a vase of green and white artificial flowers, and beside these a smaller vase of pink and white carnelias. In the center rests a prayer book in Spanish, and framed in gold, leaning against the altar, are hung saints' pictures around the walls of the cell. Before the altar is is drawn a curtain of white muslin, Deeply flin- fringed in silver filigree. So it's likely that Marie used both her powers and the secrets that she knew about some high powered judges to help her win in any cases that she became involved in. It is said that once a young man was accused of raping his girlfriend. His girlfriend was the daughter of a rich and influ- influential man, while the guy accused was in the inner circles of being, you know, basically he was probably white or. White passing. So he was in the inner circles, but he wasn't as influential and he wasn't as wealthy. The guy's father came to Marie for help. And he said that, you know, my son is innocent. Can you help me? And so after Marie then spoke to both the son and to the girlfriend and concluded that it had been the girlfriend's dad who accused the boy of rape, not the girl, probably to get rid of him for whatever reason. So the next day, so the day before his court hearing, she went to the courthouse and placed satchels of gree-gree in three different areas of the courtroom. And then she did, said her prayers. And then on the day of his court case, the boy was acquitted of the rape. Hmm. A year later, the boy came to her again and he told her that he couldn't live. I shouldn't say boy. He was a young man. So he comes to her again and he tells her that he still loves his ex-girlfriend. And he can't live without her. But they, you know, they had obviously not been dating since the accusation and all that awkward stuff.
1: Yeah, that would be.
2: <laughs> that would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And so he still wanted to marry her. Marie told him that in exchange for her help, he would need to become an informant for her and report secrets and info he acquired from his, you know, inner circles back to her. Oh, <laughs> Smart. The man, the man agreed, and on the next Sunday while he attended church, his ex came to him and proposed.
1: Ooh.
3: Yeah. The voodoo works. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: gonna be that's gonna be an awkward uh Hey. So uh I know that we haven't seen each other since I accused you of rape, but will you marry me?
2: Oh my God. <laughs> I never thought you'd ask. <laughs>
0: this is what I wanted.
2: Yeah, this is what we planned all along.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> One of the more everlasting displays of her power was told through the tragic tale of the De Courcy family.
0: Here is the story of the fatal sisters.
2: But the Decorses were one of the wealthiest and influential families in Louisiana before the Civil War. They owned at least three plantations, including the Magnolia Plantation. And I guess that's a, that's a big one. Hmm. But the first thing I thought of when I heard it was Magnolia Bakery. And then I started <laughs> freaking out that, <laughs>
0: they were, that, they were, <laughs> that they were some they were sort of a subsidiary. Owners.
2: Yeah, there's. Yeah, oh,
1: exactly. No. <laughs> how we how we get our bread so great is we we farm it at the Magnolia Plantation.
0: Oh
3: yeah,
2: no. Uh,
0: no, We've been a bakery since the eighteen. 18- uh oh. Oh no.
2: <laughs> 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 it is said that the de Coursey man in the family took Marie's favorite granddaughter as his mistress. Although it is likely that it wasn't really as his mistress and he straight up raped her.
1: Yeah, I mean, well that's like that's like saying Thomas Jefferson had mistresses. I mean Yeah. It's one yeah. of those things where it's like can can the can a woman really say no during those that time? You know? It's sort of like she could be like Yeah like that's basically her no. <laughs> it's like Yeah. Alright, I'll do it, but I'm not gonna like it. That's that's a that's her way of saying no.
2: It's like have sex with me or be killed. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, is- all right.
2: Well, in retaliation, Marie held a grigri ceremony and summoned Le Grand Zombie to curse the Corset. She asked for him to have no male heirs and his line should die with his daughters. Everyone heard about the curse, including the family, but they all laughed it off. In time, though, the spell was fulfilled. De Courcy ended up having three daughters, no sons, all of which got married. But two daughters lost their husbands to, <laughs> to duels. They lost in the duel. Wow. While the third lost hers to suicide. Damn. All three daughters died without having any children and the family line was essentially eliminated
0: that is so fucking crazy that it was is great
2: crazy. yeah
0: jeez
1: but i will say it's also like look at the time period you know people weren't exactly the picture of mental health and and stability <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> she really was just like rolling the dice that you know odds are you guys are going to marry people who aren't the most stable
2: off, so. Well, you know you could argue that it's that you could always argue it's a coincidence, but I don't know, man, you know, he
0: has no sons, and the daughters that he has he's done, and they don't have any sons. It's just like,
2: that's yeah, a,
0: that's a severed bloodline I mean, and there's I mean three chances I mean that's a lot
2: yeah, yeah Anybody who wasn't a fan of Marie's wouldn't really come out against her. Because she her, it was said that if they did, she would just publish a list of everybody who you who came to her for help. And that it was too much. It was too scandalous to like get out.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, that's funny. So if she did, if you said you didn't like her, she would include you on a list of everybody who's come to her for help. And yeah, then it's like, oh, oh that's smart. That's right. Because
2: everybody, everybody would come to her for help in the end, you know, like one way or another. Even if like, you know, the father, of the family didn't, chances are the daughter did, or even the mother. Like everybody, a lot of people would eventually end up coming to her for help. One, like either to buy a gregi from her, yeah, or you know, ask more.
1: her Ask her where Bourbon Street is. Oh, you came to me for help. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: like, so finish making the casserole. We don't have any eggs. Yes. Oh, God.
1: Come on.
0: Madame Laveau, do you have any eggs? I do.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no.
2: So her reign lasted for a while. And then around uh, 1955, it started to kind of wane. Because it wasn't a direct because, but Marie's common law husband, Christophe Glapion, died uh in on in june of 1855 oh he didn't he left no will and therefore no money to marie laveau because if you recall from part one they were in one of those bullshit relationships yeah where she was where placage. yeah the placage. yeah
1: Yeah, but he was living with her even though he was married to another woman and he was really in love with her that's why he He wasn't married
2: Christoph wasn't reportedly married to anybody else.
1: Oh, really? Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, that was just the common practice that a placage could do, but he wasn't. Because you he couldn't wasn't.
1: technically get married. You can't get married to a, a black person, right? Because it's yeah, mom.
2: okay, or right. a person of color. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: um, any person of color.
2: Yeah, because oh. she was. She was. She was. Um. She was a, of mixed race. So he still couldn't marry. And so was he. I don't know exactly how everything worked back then, but they weren't allowed to marry. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I imagine men probably got more leeway.
2: He did. Yeah. Well, anyway, he didn't leave any money to her. And so it is said that after his death, Marie turned to the Catholic Church more than ever. Author Robert Talent, the guy that, Published like published half-truths, claims that she ended up denouncing voodoo altogether. But that's, it's not true. Hmm. Around 1860, five years after his death, Marie became ill more frequently and was bedridden more often. She still opened up her house to family members who needed a place to stay, and the door was always open for anyone needing help or a place to safely worship. But she had acquired no wealth in her time, and was for the most part financially destitute. Any money that she did have coming in, she would share with those more needy than her Then, in eighteen sixty one the antebellum era came to an end, and in April the the civil War began. Stuff got pretty tits. <laughs>
1: I I know Maria, you didn't want us to um, to announce this, but Bloody Podcast is actually writing a book based off the Civil War, and it's titled <laughs> "Stuff Gets Pretty Tense." <laughs> <laughs> Five S's.
0: Oh man!
2: First first chapter awkward.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Second chapter mixed words. <laughs>
2: Because of all that coming together, she's sick and the Civil War is happening. Like, we don't know much about her except that she was mostly, you know, she was, she was getting old and she was, her health was deteriorating. So, mm. oh, she was, and, and the world around her really sucked right, right at that point. And she had to go more underground than ever because obviously, you know, it's no time. It's no time for uh, discussing religion. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that yeah,
1: and and religion I forgot about the religion part I was just thinking about yeah on top of everything she's got, yeah. got the religion going oh boy
3: bad
2: times in an 1869 newspaper report so a few years later on a reporter claims to have been present at the time that Marie relinquished her throne in March and then in June Robert Tallent claims that he was at a meeting that was held to elect the new voodoo queen, who was Marie-Eloise Eucharist-Glapion, a.k.a. Marie Laveau II. Oh.
1: Okay, all right. That's why they all think that that's just Marie Laveau in disguise, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Marie Laveau died on June fifteenth, 1881, The doctor who signed her death certificate explained that she had died of natural causes related to diarrhea. What? Well, back then, if you got diarrhea, like there was no like antibiotics or anything to like help you if it was some kind of infection. You know, like.
0: Oh my God. Right. Then the infection just spreads to your whole like. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Especially if you're
2: like older and everything. There's no like. There's nothing to help you if something's wrong with your stomach back then. There's just, there's herbs, which Marie Laveau probably used yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. <laughs> to try to help herself.
1: Which probably made it worse to some extent. So And then she just spread all over. Yeah. That's what I don't want. I don't like when they say that people die of, you know, like common cause. Co- it's like, oh, she just died of old age. No, there's a specific reason. There's <laughs> the actual something in her body stopped working and you know so yeah that's oh man so what a we yeah. know? Mm-hmm.
2: it's quite it's quite the thing they have on the certificate but i mean they didn't have any other explanation back then like this is what we know it is we don't know what else it is yeah yeah it's <laughs> rough yeah.
1: yeah we found around a lot of poop so we're just assuming it was diarrhea
2: yeah <laughs> Uh, a lot of people attended her funeral including uh, a good amount of prominent white people in the area Ooh. she was buried in the same tomb well actually he had a tomb but he had just disappeared so she had i guess he had a tomb her her first husband had a tomb already reserved jack paris Ooh. Uh, so she was buried in his tomb mm-hmm. in st louis cemetery number 1 uh, but during her lifetime, Marie had actually offered her tomb to those who didn't have a place to stay or a place to lay their dead to rest, a place to stay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the same thing, really. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and she was buried along with 83 other people.
1: Wow. Well, she, I mean, wow, she sounds like an extremely compassionate person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's That's really nice of her.
2: Everything she did was in the service of other people. That was her whole mantra. You know, I find this really interesting, but her obituary was published in newspapers all over the nation, which Boy. is is weird because she wasn't mentioned like any time before. The New York Times described her as a woman of great beauty, intellect and charisma, who is also pious, charitable and a skilled herbal healer. While the Boston Daily Globe also published about her death, saying that the secrets of her life could only be obtained by the lady herself, but she would never tell the smallest part of what she knew. Everybody found out about her death. It's interesting. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, she was an enigma. So I think that Mm -hmm. somebody dying, I mean, she seems like she's a very smart woman and that she knew that the, the interesting part of herself was that people didn't really know her real story, you know?
2: So like I said in part one, her tomb is the second most visited in the U.S. The first version of the tomb over time was weathered too much by people coming by to like leave their version of wishes and sacrifices to her. And one time it even got painted pink, like somebody painted the whole thing pink.
0: Weird. It's
2: really weird. Marie Laveau probably didn't like because pink wasn't her favorite color. Mm hmm. Yeah,
1: that's a weird
2: choice. So now some like they've restored the tomb, and now people are only allowed into the cemetery with a tour guide.
1: Yeah, this is why we can't have nice things. People yeah. can just fuck it up.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was one instance where the author Denise Alvarado said that once a guy, an idiot, tried to leave a dead snake as a sacrifice to Marie Lavo. And on his way home, he got into a terrible car accident and broke his leg <laughs> because it's super rude in voodoo to leave a dead snake somewhere, like oh, it's really? like there yeah, because it's there you know the symbolism is the lie alive the serpent that's alive, you know it's the great serpent, so leaving a dead serpent doesn't work, yeah oh. you know? it's like it's like a big slap in the face.
0: oh well, then you got what's coming to him
3: yeah. Yeah.
2: So I think she like, she only broke his leg, you know, like it could have been worse. So she, mm-hmm. I think that was her version of a slap that day. She was just like in no mood. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, she was like me earlier today. She was like, ah, I will destroy yeah. everything.
2: <laughs> she, yeah, she squished her soda yeah. out, out of there. That's when he came by. She tripped over the dead snake and squished, squished her soda out of her oh, hand. Oh, He's that like, guy. fuck, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's on. We're doing this. In 1982, the misfits tried to exhume her body, but they did it at the wrong place. They were at <laughs> Cemetery Number 2. Oh. And so, but anyway, they were arrested for it. The misfits got arrested? Yeah. Dummies. Stupid idiots.
1: Why did they try and exhume her body? What were they gonna do? I don't
2: know. It say. Okay. say it. It's just like they're punk. Probably some punk crap. <laughs>
0: we want to have her do backup vocals on Halloween? Probably. It's one of their songs.
2: <laughs> yeah. Every moment. Oh, I, I love that. I love that. Song. So after her death, her daughters were still in the middle of like of obviously a very divided United States, and one went the route of voodoo, and kept quite under the radar while the other, after her mother's death, completely denounced Voodoo and turned to Catholicism. It is likely that she did this in an attempt to try and help her family, which, like any other family around, was being persecuted for their color and their beliefs. Yeah. So there's this... It's tough. So there's this one racist-ass newspaper report that I have to read out loud. But it basically, it describes, it describes the one that went towards Catholicism. Marie Laveau's only daughter who survived her stoutly denies that her mother was ever a voodoo. And to mention it to her is to be at once ordered perem- peremptorily to leave the house. This daughter lives in the old home. She is a magnificent specimen of womanhood and is only one degree removed from white. Her eyes are... Li- <laughs> Her eyes are large and dreamy and light up wonderfully when excited. She is very gracious to visitors, but the topic, voodooism, must be avoided. She will show you the wonderful shawl sent by the emperor of China to her mother in gratitude for favors. So there's that shawl again.
0: Shawl is very important. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Old traditions say that this is the shawl in which Marie Laveau used to dance the dance of the serpent. In every room in the old house, her daughter keeps an altar to the memory of her mother, with dozens of lighted candles burning continually for the repose of her soul. So she tells the visitor. But there are those who say that the sacred serpent is still guarded as in days of yore in this old house, and that the numerous little children, which this woman is raising as orphans, are destined to supply the voodoo ranks. Who can tell? To all outward appearances, she is good and pious and devoted to the service of God. But somehow, the whole place, with its lights, its altars, its relics, and its superstitious memories, is so full of weird mystery that you are glad to emerge from it into the glorious sunlight of the Rue Rempart. Racist fucking bullshit. It's insane, insane. It's oh. so insulting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That's so, that's such a smarmy. Oof.
2: Yeah. yeah. So being what it is at the time, Marie Philomine, who is the the daughter that he's talking about, would have known probably that this reporter wrote like that and if she wanted it put out there that she had turned like completely Catholic, she would have used him to report. You mm-hmm. know, that's what I think. Because obviously, this guy is quite biased.
1: Yeah, I, I, my favorite <laughs> quote is "Once one one step removed from white."
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> only one
0: step removed, so it's okay, guys.
1: Uh, I mean, it's like, like it's like, oh, she's so close. She's almost there. <laughs>
2: another thing that this article says at the beginning is that she has only one surviving daughter the catholic one and that's where things start getting hazy Hmm. because marie Laveau ii doesn't have many records none exist about her death except there's and there's only really one vague record about who her heir was and that one that one seems to be, like, in a lot of uh, question as well. Because that one was, like, uh, this. the uh, Victor, I forget his last name. I'm sorry I didn't write it down. But basically, a descendant of hers, uh, her, like, her son, after her death, laid claim to some of her property in court, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it didn't say when she had died. He didn't have a record of what, of her actual death certificate. He just said that enough time had passed. Now, where there was no record of her, where he was like, basically kind of like a missing person thing. So he was petitioning to get her stuff. Oh. So we know, so we know that was a thing, but that's pretty much it. And then people, like people at the people of the time say that they attended Marie the Second's rituals as late as 1885. But. There's an author, Ina Frederick, that says she found a record that says that Marie II died only a year after her mom died in 1862 at the height of the Civil War at the age of 35. That's been disputed as well. Hmm. Another author, Zora Neal, has claimed and quoted a man that claims to be Marie Laveau II's nephew who said Marie Laveau was alive through the 1870s. Then there's also reports of a woman named Malvina Latour <laughs> instead of Marie Laveau mm-hmm. as leading the rituals, uh, leading the, like, being the voodoo queen. So people are like, well, obviously M- M- it was Malvina. There's some people that are like, well, obviously it was Malvina, and people just thought it was Marie Laveau, but it's like why Malvina Latour isn't even that good of a like Skate <laughs> it was it was like two steps removed it could have been- why couldn't it be the opposite it was Marie Laveau pretending to be Malvina latour yeah,
0: yeah you know? yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, you don't it's, pretend, all, it's all, ten, oh sorry
0: no see it's all very it's all very questionable
2: it's all very questionable it's very
1: yeah, we also I just f- find it funny that. Why would she pretend to be like a dumber version of what she's doing already? Mm-hmm.
2: If you want to be powerful, but you know being powerful at the time isn't the same as when her mom was powerful because they're being even more persecuted. It's like the it's the Civil War and then and then it's right after the Civil War. So you really don't want your name out there if you are trying to lead a religion you know
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah that's true
2: so she probably went fully underground for that reason
0: that makes a lot of sense to me yeah,
2: yeah.
1: incognito
2: yeah it wasn't a good time you know it came, to out, be...
1: came out with this persona of somebody who's like i can't i couldn't do it i can't even tear my shoes i'm letoia <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> Did you say you're retired?
1: No, I said Latour. Like, <laughs> or, with a let, let, or, <laughs> Latour.
0: But I am la-tired as well. Oh, yeah.
1: But uh, I'm also retired. Uh, I spilled <laughs> soda all over my pants.
2: <laughs> so, in death, Marie and the I. Has ascended to the status of Loa, a powerful spirit able to connect others to Bandu, which means good god, this is the big god, the big big guy, good god. Her and Bayou John are celebrated as collective mother and father on Saint John's Eve now. Aww. If you're interested in becoming a devotee to Marie Laveau, you have to be ready to give yourself up to others and commit your life to doing good without the expectation of return. Only then will Marie Laveau come into your life.
1: Oh, okay.
2: So I have two examples of how you can begin devoting your life to her. And these are not... I'm not a pro, obviously. And these are directly from Denise Alvarado's book, who is an active voodoo practitioner and was one of my primary sources. And she has these... uh, cool examples of some of the spells on YouTube. If you search Killing Hurts, Denise Alvarado, mm-hmm. there's like these two, she recorded these two examples of spells um, that are like where you make a little voodoo doll, like a cookie doll, and then you let ants eat it. Ooh. <laughs> and, then-
1: and then you just... Have your house is filled with ants at that point?
2: no, no, the spell itself will kill anything but I think the way she explained it, and I might be getting this totally wrong, is that the killing hurts spell mm-hmm. is a spell to kill anything that hurts, so it, you can like uh you can infuse the doll with somebody, you know, um, but it could also be like if your anger. Is hurting others, stuff like that. You can imbue that into the doll
0: huh.
2: and try to kill that as well.
0: Killing the anger, not the person.
2: The anger, not the person. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So it's killing anything that hurts, that can hurt. Nice. Yeah. Kill the hurts. Anyways, uh, so those those are separate. So the one, there's one. I have one example of building an altar to Marie Laveau, and another one that will set you on the right path to follow um, the philosophy behind Marie Laveau Voodoo. So the first one is an example of a ground altar. You lay out a clean white tablecloth on the ground. On each corner, you set a white candle. In the center, you set an image of the Voodoo Queen. Place one blue candle in front of her image and a white candle on either side of the center blue candle. In front of the candle set a clear glass of water with a, crufic- with a crucifix laid on top and a variety of her favorite offerings. And then she included a, a whole table of her f- of like stuff and colors and offerings that Marie Laveau likes. I'm not going to read all of them because there's a lot. But some of her favorite offerings are fresh flowers, uh, healing-related items like a mortar and pestle, herbs, roots, beauty-related items like mirrors, combs, and headscarves, gris-gris, images of saints, rosaries, etc., etc. And then for food offerings, she likes something called, and I'm sorry, I don't know what this is, Hop and John, Hungry, Money Greens, Gumbo. Jambalaya, sweets, French pastries, pumpkins, sweet potatoes, coffee and chicory, and um, a bunch of other stuff.
0: I looked up Hop and John. What is it? It's uh, Carolina rice and peas. Mm. Oh. It, looks very, it looks very good. Oh, yeah. It's made with rice, chopped onion, and sliced bacon seasoned with salt. Ooh. What?
2: And that sounds so good. Some
0: recipes use ham hock, fatback, country Ooh. sausage, or smoked yes. turkey parts.
2: Now, I have
1: a question. Are you allowed to eat this? Are you allowed to be like, I'm giving this to you and then I will put it in my stomach and hold on to it for good
2: keeping? (laughs) No. No. No, you have to leave it there. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) This is
1: why I don't voodoo.
0: Laura would leave her donuts.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, whenever you build an altar, you have to include food of some sort. So it's always like, I have to make sure I have enough for me and you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But then that's the thing about an altar and sacrifice is that if you don't have enough, are you willing to sacrifice it to your God?
1: No. (laughs) That's why my life is filled with bad luck is that I'm like, (laughs) I'm keeping it. I'm keeping the food.
2: (laughs) So after you lay that stuff out, you lay a single red rose near her photo. Light some Incense. And you can spray the area with perfume or any other fragrance that you like. And now your altar is ready for petition, prayer, or meditation. Light your candles and your incense, knock three times on the ground, and call out Marie Laveau's name three times. Then proceed with your ask. So if you want to try it, Lori. <laughs> you
1: know, knowing me I'd go Marie Laveau, Marie Laveau, Marie Laveau uh, sorry she's not here right now
2: <laughs>
1: please call back later
2: <laughs> she's booked up
1: yeah I would probably if I could I would probably ask Marie Laveau to cure me of my allergy to cats that's what I would do
2: that's a nice one
1: yeah cause I feel like it's like you know, it's it's a good enough impediment on my life that I I have to take shots for it, but at the same time it's not like a life altering. It's not like I'm asking for a you know, to be skinny or anything like that.
3: Yeah. I mean, who knows
2: though? Maybe there's a reason you're allergic to cats. It's true. Maybe maybe it'll affect your entire fate. Ooh. Maybe you missed your calling. and You were supposed to be a doctor that invented the cure
1: for cat allergies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I wanted to be I wanted to be a doctor when I was in elementary school. But then when I went to junior high and took a biology class, I was like, ah, uh, what? Not I
2: feel like this. yeah. I feel like everybody wanted to be a doctor when they were in elementary school, either a doctor or a vet.
0: Yep, those are the ones.
2: Yeah, because like. You're like, that's the hero. Yeah. I I want to work with animals. <laughs> Although I do keep hearing about people wanting to be a marine biologist when they were younger. And I'm like, what? Oh.
0: It's water animals. Yeah.
2: yeah. I
1: mean, that's just a water doctor, to be honest.
2: With you. <laughs> <laughs> water doctor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's just because that's just they want, like the beach. But that's just all, you know, my reading bio. I liked uh I like I wanted to be a doctor and then later wanted to be an astronaut because astronaut, I like the accoutrement. I like the, the the costumes they get to wear.
2: Yeah.
1: And then they get to like use a lot of utensils and I remember we used to watch ER and George Clooney would always have like a pencil in his hair or something, I'd be like, That's so cool. i mean, when I'm a doctor i have <laughs> a pencil and I I'm so busy I have to keep a pencil nearby all the time.
2: <laughs> so then this other ritual I have is to um prove your devotion to Marie by being selfless. Which oh. I thought you would find interesting, Lauren, because I know you believe that there is no selflessness. There is not,
1: no. But who knows? She seems like she was pretty selfless.
2: So in this one, you take some dollar bills in whatever denomination you can afford. Wash them in a mild solution of soap and water, and add Florida water, or Hoyt's cologne, and then lay them out dry and iron flat. Then anoint each of the four corners, in addition to the center of the dollar bill, with abundance oil. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Now Florida water—that's like a—that's like a perfume, right? That's yeah.
2: It's like a perfume. Yeah. It's okay. like yeah, it's like a mild I, perfume. I-
1: Water from Florida. So then I was like, why are you washing the money if you're just going to drench it in Florida water? It's just going to get <laughs> dirty again.
0: <laughs> Florida water is what we call mud.
1: <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah.
2: So once you anoint it with abundant soil, that's called fixing your money like you fixed it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You may, if you want to, you can write blessings on the dollar bill and then you take the bills and you leave them in places where people will likely find them for example you could tape one to a package of diapers I thought that was very clever insert one in a new purse or wallet um but hiding the money must be a covert activity like nobody can see you doing it so what you're doing here is giving blessings without attachment oh are yeah.
1: You, are you trying to wave at me or?
2: No, there's oh, a fly that's like, flying in my okay. face. <laughs>
1: I thought you were trying to be like, pay attention. This is no you
2: know, important for you to know. <laughs> you should know this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you have to do it in secret. Oh, okay. All right. All yeah. Right,
2: she does say though that from this you get like a rush of adrenaline and dopamine. So I guess you could argue. Then that that's then selfish.
0: No, that's more of a side effect. You're not doing that to get the dopamine effect.
2: Yeah. So I don't know, Lori. But it happens. Yes, it does happen. Yeah, it does happen. (laughs) It does. Okay. Sure.
1: (laughs) I I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, Again, I know Maria had asked me not to say it, but I'm actually writing a uh, (laughs) philosophy book called But It Does Happen. Um. (laughs) <laughs> so. my first my first chapter will be maybe
0: That's nice good. yeah uh.
2: obviously as an all-powerful being marie laveau knows when you're being sincere and she won't help you and she may even slap you if you make a mockery of her or the principles of her life and her religion like you can't just ask her for shit like it's like yeah. It's not like Jesus. Like, you can't just, like, ask her for shit and then, like, expect it from her. Yeah. You have to, like, actually be a good person and have com- often communication with her.
0: Don't get slapped.
1: <laughs> I just would love to see somebody who's, like, not sincerely hiding money. Like, all right, so I'm going to hide this dollar and this diaper if anybody wants it. Just FYI.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's something like a nice guy would do. Yeah, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice. See, do you, do you see this? I'm in the same. I'm just a nice guy. I, you I'm you know a nice what? guy. I deserve a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what i would gonna do the next time I do something assholeish and somebody calls me out. I'm gonna be like, "Excuse me, I'm a nice person. I put so much money around town. Okay, <laughs> you don't even know how many dollars I've scotch taped to diapers. All right." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so anybody for so for anybody who's interested in voodoo, a lot of the books that I listed as sources are a pretty good jumping off point. But yeah, that is the story of Marie Laveau.
1: Wow. Well, thank you so much, Maria. That was very interesting.
2: hmm. No problem. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh,
1: yeah. Thank you guys so much. Please check out our social media at bloody podcast on Instagram and uh you can go on tiktok but uh i have not been as active on tiktok uh, as i (laughs) was so (laughs) Uh, and uh yeah uh if you have any shout outs you want to give post that to our social media please write in a review uh the more subscriptions and reviews we get the better uh, let your friends know about this podcast. Let your enemies know. Shout it to, to people on the street. You know? Just uh, okay. let people know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, let everybody know. Thank you guys for listening and have a good night.